Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk, too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sweet, do you think um, that cop, Gio's buddy, the, the cop friend of his that was listening, you think he's going to relay that message to the morning show that we just went on uh, about that stuff a little while ago? Uh, if he's listening, I'll say, yeah, he'll, he'll let them know. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem that I have. And look, I don't really think they meant harm by it. And Jerry, you're right. Jerry apologized on Twitter after I tweeted out the text from him. I, I would never have any beef with uh, really with anybody from the show. But Jerry specifically, he's like a brother to me. And if he really wanted me to go, I would do it. And it probably feels weird asking people, whatever. And he also knows my schedule is crazy. But to go on and think. That I was talking about getting paid, and that's something that Geo was insinuating. And again, I really don't believe that they meant it, but people listening do sometimes think that they mean that stuff. And I don't care if you're joking around about me being an Islanders fan. Like, obviously, we know that that's not true. If you know anything about me, you know it's not true. But to make me like, oh, he doesn't want to go to charity, he just wants to get paid, no, that bothered me a little bit. A little bit. And the reason why it bothered me is because I'm up early this morning. You know, because now with this new schedule, I'm enjoying myself. I could get up a little bit and hang out with my daughter and my wife. Today was little gym day, or yesterday, I should say, Wednesday morning. Yesterday morning, little little gym day. I got to get up at 9.15, and we go to the little gym, take my daughter in there. You know, they run and jump on these mats, and they do the, you know, this, this, the parachute thing, whatever. Anyway, so we're going, and my wife is like, this is heaven for her. Me sitting in the car, half asleep, just being there. Going to this little gym. She is like in heaven with this. So I'm enjoying it because she's happy. My daughter's happy. She gets a kick out of it. And then I'm getting texts on the way there. Oh, they're talking about you on the morning show right now. So I go back and listen through the free Odyssey app that I mentioned that uh, you could check out anything on the free Odyssey app. So I go back and listen to it. And I hear it. And I'm like, what the? And now I'm, and my wife can tell I'm out of it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm trying to 
thinking about you know tweeting or who I'm going to text or whatever, and it bothered me. So then I'm not 100% into the, you know, my wife's like, get off the phone and get, you know, get Samira out of the car and let's go. And then finally I went, you know, I put the phone down or whatever, went to the gym and did the thing. But like, that's, that's not the aggravation that I need. Now, between those guys yesterday, Jimmy and Jersey City tonight, like, why can't I just live in peace, please? Can we just talk sports? Is it that difficult to ask? My goodness, it's enough that we get aggravated with the crappy teams that we got to watch. Rangers getting bounced, the Mets getting swept, the Yankees running out their crappy lineups day in, day out. Boone with his lousy decisions. I'm stressed about the Knicks heat. Dealing with, you know, heat fans on Sunday at game one. Losing my voice. Is there anything else we can pile on to the top of it? Is it possible? Andrew's calling from Winter Haven, Florida. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Sal. How are you? I've been a fan of yours forever. and uh, Thank you. I'm originally from the Bronx, but I've been down in Winter Haven for six years. So when, uh, good, when I go, to, I go to the Mets in Miami, I, I, saw, I saw game three this year. But I have plenty of things to talk about with the Mets. My, here's a, here, I want to talk about first thing about Scherzer. My, my problem with Scherzer is that, yes, he uh, failed at the end of the year last year, but then the whole thing this spring was he was messing around with the pitch clock and he was playing this, this like, shyster salesman. I didn't like what he was doing in, in the spring, that he kept on trying to do all these type of gimmicks to outwit the hitter. He was a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. He didn't need to do that. So he started messing around with that. It wasn't working. Then he had the back issues. Then he had this and that. The one game that he was pitching really well was the game that he got caught with a sticky hand, which is, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think he had a sticky hand, and there was no way he was going to have a sticky hand tonight, which is why he had no rotation on his sliders. They kept on mentioning that his sliders were flat, and they were just falling right in there. They said on the... On the post-game broadcast, Andrew, I don't know if you saw it, Gary Apple and Todd Zeal, they said it was down, I think, 10 or 15% the spin rate, which I don't know. It was either 5 or 10 or 10 or 15. 10 was definitely involved. But I don't know if that's a big deal or not, but apparently it was significant enough. And if that is the case, Max is going to have a problem here. Well, absolutely, because I saw also during the game that they inspected his glove, and he was ag- agitated about that. Hey, I'm sorry. They're going to check him, and I have a feeling that he really has been doing something because if he's not, if he doesn't have the sticky stuff, he can't get the grip and throw that, bit, which means he's going to have to completely change his plan. The fact uh, that he's only but, throwing but, 92 is a concern. But, Andrew, do you really, well, think, you, really think, you really think Max is using extra sticky stuff for, for what last year, this year? I mean, they they check all no. the time. So they, yeah. No, I would say no. I think that listen, people age at a certain time, and they he could have aged by by late September last year. You know, that's I mean, he was very overall he was effective during the year, but he also had injuries. He missed a lot of starts last year as well. This was after he had the tired arm with L.A., but he pitched well the first half. Even, I would say about five months he pitched well, but he didn't pitch every fifth day. The other concern is that you have Senga, who will not pitch more than once a week. So you don't really have any innings eaters. They don't have a Trevor Williams right now to pick up innings, which they desperately need to do. And I also wanted to talk about the offense, which is, to me, it's embarrassing. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a no fan of Epler, 
I think Epler is a ter- ter- terrible GM, incompetent. He has not had any track record, only with the Yankees, but he wasn't the main guy. Ever since he's been the main guy, he has had nothing to show except for signing Otani. That's it. That's it. Other than that, he really has no other track record. Well, I mean, Epler's going to – look, here's what I'll say, Andrew, and thank you for the call, and I do appreciate your support. With Epler – the I don't believe that there's a general manager better suited to handle the current Mets situation than Billy Epler. Now, he's going to have to have some success. He did not have great success with the team, with the Angels, whether that was a circumstance of the ownership and all that. Who knows? But he's getting an opportunity here, and a very good one, with Steve Cohen. Epler knows how to handle New York. He knows how to handle a demanding owner. He comes from an organization that has always had the highest of expectations, highest payroll, you know, obviously coming up through the Yankees. Work closely, you know, Stick Michael and Cashman, all those guys that had success all those years. Buck, obviously. I would, I like the hire. And I would say that he is the best suited general manager for this particular job. Now, if the results aren't there, then you got to consider a change. But as far as getting hired for the job, I don't think the Mets could have hired a more qualified, better fit for this particular job. I'm not saying it would have been the same case in Milwaukee or whatever, pick a town, you know, Cleveland or Cincinnati. Here in New York, I don't think there was a better fit for Steve Cohen and the Mets than Billy Epler. One thing that you made me think of there when you talk about Scherzer where he's got to use some sticky stuff or whatever, um, you know, as he as he gets older, it made me think of Major League, the scene where Vaughn is talking to Harris. You put snot on the ball. Hell, I ain't got an arm like yours, kid. Got to use any edge I could. You know, Vaseline, a little jalapeno. <laughs> oh my you put snot on the ball. Well, man, I love that movie. But that's what it made me think of. Scherzer doesn't have an arm like he used to. Velocity down a tick. Use anything you could get. Jake is calling from Deal, New Jersey. What's up, Jake? Yo, Sal, what's up? Love your show. How are you, Jake? Thank you. Great. What's going on with our Mets? Are they meant to win the World Series or just losing the series to the horrendous Tigers? I mean, anyone but the Tigers. They're embarrassment in MLB. I mean, well, first we have... Remember, they, they just lost to the Nationals, too. They lost two. Out of, they, the Mets have lost three straight series. One to the Nationals, obviously to the Braves, and now to the Tigers. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. It's been a bad time. We finally got rid of David Peterson. I mean, it's been like a home run derby. Every single time he buys out and giving up another home run after another home run. I mean, why, why are we throwing out these guys? Why are we throwing out an ex-Yankee, Adam Adovino? Every single time, he gives up another three runs. I'm done with this. Makes no sense. Well, you you can't be done with it. I mean, it's the season's just getting started here. It's a, it's a long way to go. You can't be done with it yet. Yeah, Why I know. Why are you giving up? Just, yeah. Because I just don't see it happening. Our starting pitching is just nowhere. Well, we, I mean, we look, some... this is, and thank you for the call, Jake. Appreciate you taking the time to give us a call. Their starting rotation is just now, like as in last night and today, just now getting the guys back in that rotation that they needed with Scherzer and Verlander. 
I'm not going to go nuts after the first start back from Scherzer, but I was concerned about him after last year and concerned about him so far this year. And now I'm at the peak level of concern before I wave the white towel or wave the white flag, throw in the towel. Yeah, one of those two things. Either way, I'm at the highest level of concern before I give up. But we haven't seen Scherzer and Verlander together yet. That will change now that we saw Scherzer last night and Verlander today. And then if you can rely on those guys every fifth day, along with Kodai Senga, along with Tyler McGill and Lucchese for now, Quintana comes back eventually. I mean, maybe the days of seeing Jose Buto or David Peterson, you know, I know it's probably not realistic, but maybe those days are over. And they could have a stable rotation of five or six or six or seven maybe as opposed to going 10 deep. And even with all the issues that the Mets have, they still aren't playing awful baseball. Not as good as last year, not as good as we expected, but still, you know, I saw the Braves too this weekend or whenever, you know, they, they play the Braves, the doubleheader on Monday. So we saw them Friday night and then again on Monday. And I know they're good. And when they're rolling, you know, they mash people. You look at their run differential. You look at all the home runs that they hit. Atlanta's not that good, though. They're good, very good. They're, they're not, the disparity is not what you would think, especially considering the circumstance where Atlanta has their guys. They have their lineup for the most part intact. The Mets do not, as far as their rotation goes. Now, do I think they're anywhere near as good offensively? No, I don't. But Verlander and Scherzer are supposed to negate that. Let's see a series where Scherzer and Verlander pitch against Atlanta and and what that Braves potent offense does to those guys. That's the matchup that I want to see. Look, I'm not confident the Mets can win a World Series. I don't think that they will this year. But that doesn't mean that the team stinks and you got to give up on them. It's still likely going to be one of the few times, third time to be exact, that the Mets make consecutive postseason appearances in the franchise's history. 99 and 2000, 2015 and 2016. That's it. It's got to be 2022 and 2023. And I think it will be. John is calling from Port Jeff Station. What's up, John? Good evening again, Sal. Nice to talk to you on the overnight show. You too, John. I appreciate you checking in. What's up? Well, first of all, don't even let those guys in the morning get half you. You are a sports talk radio host. Okay. I go home in the morning. I just put them off for entertainment. 50% of their show is entertainment. It's not sports. So it gets ratings. Well, which is fine. Which is fine. I think we all have to be entertaining. I mean, at least some of us, but we we all try to be entertaining. And my thing is not that. I don't mind the entertainment aspect of it. It's when, like, that could be taken. If you don't know me, what they said, and they have a, a large audience, right? So that's, that's the number one show. That can be taken the wrong way. Like, oh, Sal is, uh, you know, he's a bad guy, doesn't want to go and give his time for a charity. Like, it's just not true. That's not something that I would be joking around about. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, well, I mean, like, when I mean, like, entertainment, their jokes is that's just, 
And but that's not a joke. That's a personal thing. And and I well, know right. It's, that's exactly it's like the Islander, fan, the Islander stuff. Wearing an Islander jersey, making fun of me for being an Islander fan. Like that's joking around because people should know better than to you know think that that's realistic. The other stuff, yeah. people may not, and that comes across poorly. Yeah, it's very personal. You can't have that, but you gotta. You let by the way, let me say this. I'm nicer than everybody on that damn show. You name them, oh, I'm nicer than them. <laughs> Boomer, Geo, Al, Jerry, yeah. maybe not Scoes. The other ones, I'm nicer than all of them. You're excellent. That's why I call overnight. I appreciate it. But one quick point. Uh, I want to hope everything works out for you with the Saturday with the next I don't know if that worked out with your wife and you spoke to her. Hopefully that works out. No, not yet. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to talk to my brother-in-law. I might get him on tomorrow night and see. Just make sure that okay. Saturday is all set and we're ready to go. All right, I'll call in if he gets in I'll, before he gets on, and I'll try to give him a little, give you a little boost. Uh, <laughs> getting back to the Yankees, I think with Boone, there's two points real quick, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it at that. I think Boone tries to push his point because he's the manager, and then at times I think that. Cashman is behind him playing his puppet role to, towards him because he wants to prove that the guys we have are going to get us there. But the problem is with the Yankees. Okay, so they have their injuries. We go through this every year for the first month or two. They play their games. They get to the playoffs. Oh, but it's in a way that we all get stressed. Oh, is this guy going to play that guy? Okay, and the pitching the same. You've seen it all over the years. The pitching is the same. We'll just pinpoint, you know, put guys in here, put this guy here, and they get there. I don't believe when they get to the playoffs that Aaron Boone is the manager of a playoff team. In, in that uh, way, what I'm saying is, is he does not show that he is a playoff uh, manager to manage a team that makes makes the playoffs. I think he's just a uh, a season you know manager, and that's it. How do, how do you feel on that? Well, he's a data applicator. My biggest issue with Boone is that he hasn't evolved. He hasn't changed. He hasn't gotten better. It's the same exactly. stuff. He Like, Boone goes by the book. That's why I call him a data applicator. He applies the data every time. And then every time, he basically looks at you with a shrug and says, well, I did what I was supposed to. This is this guy's lane. This guy should have been in and against this matchup. He didn't get it done. Yeah, well, how about you change it up a little bit and manage, like, with your eyes, with your gut. Stop no. applying you know, the data. Yeah, it's just the same thing. You look at it, I'm like, okay. So if I'm, I'm sitting at home watching the game, I'm like, okay, I'm enjoying this, but I know it's going to happen, and I just turn the channel until I come back and see the losing again. It's like you, you just can't. It, it, it's just on and on and on. And yeah, but yet, like yet I, they won. That's what I mean. Even when the Yankees yeah, I know. lose, well, they win. But they they just lose. They they won two out of three, John. I mean, think about it. the Yankees. And thank you for the call, and we appreciate your support. The Yankees won two out of three. You would feel, you felt like they got swept against Cleveland. This series feels like the Yankees got swept. They won two out of three. So at the end of the year, when you say, "How the hell did this Yankee team that isn't really that good? How the hell did they win ninety plus games?" This is how. This may be. These next 14 games, three at the Trop, three against the A's back home, four against the Rays at home, and then four in Toronto. These next 14 games may be the biggest stretch for this Yankees team this early in the season in a very, very, very long time. Because 
even if the Yankees start slow, it's usually a week or two, and then they take off, and the regular season is irrelevant, and they get themselves to the postseason every year. The only time that wasn't the case was two years ago, which is the year that I said that I thought it was time for a change with Cashman and everybody else. Last year was back to normal, where they dominated the regular season, at least early on, and then were holding on. And it wasn't even really holding on for dear life. I mean, they just they had one little run that they had to hold off by the Rays and, and Jays as far as the division goes. But ultimately, they never got close enough to make it a real scare. But the Yankees played great the first you know, two months or two and a half months. Then they fell off significantly. And you're wondering, what the hell is this Yankee team? Coming off of a bad regular season the year before, where they somehow won 92 games before losing in the wild card. This year, it's been a so-so first month. But because of the success with the other teams in the division, Rays, Orioles, Jays, forget the Red Sox, but still, because of their success, the Yankees find themselves in a very unfamiliar spot. Down eight and a half games in the division in last place. I know it's May and the standings don't matter in May, but these next 14 games can swing their position and it could bury them further or dig them out. And the biggest issue is that they're banged up and there aren't any signs that they're going to get healthy anytime soon aside from Judge, who is going to come back or eligible to come back on Monday, May 8th. He'll miss the Rays series, the, the first one this weekend, and then hopefully be back Monday, assuming all goes well. But that's it. And I don't know if that's going to be enough to get it done against Tampa and Toronto for those eight games. And it takes the knee and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17-14. to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Ugly day yesterday for the Mets. Frustrating day for the Yankees, even with a win. Aaron Boone still doing data applicator things. Harrison Bader getting banged up with IKF being in left field. I mean, I I still can't believe the Yankees are playing IKF in the outfield. (laughs) When are they going to find out that, or figure out, that IKF is not, in fact, a very good baseball player? And he's certainly not an outfielder. It's like, oh, well, we couldn't trade him for what we thought the value was because we overvalued him a year ago. Now we are still overvaluing him, so we can't just give him up for what we think is less than. We don't have a position for him on the infield because he's not that good. We made a mistake and brought him in to be a shortstop. He's not, and we're not going to have him play third base, so we're just going to try to find a spot for him in the outfield. We need an outfielder. Let's Instead of going to get a left fielder, let's turn this guy into a left fielder or center fielder. Oh, my goodness. The New York Yankees. Anyway, it was an even worse day for the New York Mets. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. How about your Mets, Hector? Doing great, don't you think? How about your Islanders? Yeah, all right. I I mean, I'm confused. Isn't that your team? No. No, I'm not even going to mess with you, Sal. But I will say this is, you went on about the whole morning show thing. PSA. 
as someone who's been lucky enough to meet this man, Sal Licata, and build what I think is somewhat as a friendship, even though he says he doesn't want new friends, I was lucky enough that he's kind of let me in. This dude is a great dude, man. Don't ever think whatever these guys say, don't interpret that as him being a bad guy. This dude well, did you hear Did you hear what they said? He First of all, I appreciate that. He might be a bully. <laughs> he's a great dude. That is oh, no, funny. I didn't, I didn't hear that, that anymore. That that is funny. And by the way, now that you mention it, Hector, I mean we did the outing. We had a couple of outings last year. We did the Ranger game viewing party with a couple of you know uh, loyal listeners and callers. Then we have the outing at City Field. I don't see Boomer and Geo or Jerry doing that, do they? No, I mean they do their own little different kind of things. You know what I'm saying? But I don't. Yeah, yeah they're I, getting I would, paid to do it. They're they getting paid never, to do exactly. it. They will never go to a game with the fans the way that you do. Heck, no, absolutely not. I believe that in my heart. I have no problem saying that. They're too bougie for that. Boomer will tell you he ain't going to no game with no fans. Boomer doesn't even go to the games on his own. Forget about what the fans. He's got tickets to the Rangers. He doesn't even go to the playoff games. Uh, Yeah, and and then Gio thinks he's going to get like some kind of sickness if he's ever even caught too close to, especially as overnight callers. You know, he thinks we're like the worst. So, (laughs) I think those guys would definitely not come to a game. But enough for the fun stuff, Sal. Enough for the fun stuff, because this team makes me freaking sick. I'm done trying to be positive. I'm done trying to take the high road. It's time for them to show me again that I need to believe in them. Forget about believing World Series. Do we even think this team is a playoff team right now? And if they are, what good are they going to be as a playoff team? You know what I'm saying? We had a little bit of belief. I bought into it, because I didn't believe this team. Well, the worst Series winning team last year, and that's how I always look at it. You know me. I'm, I'm psycho like that. I'm always looking at, is this team a worst Series team? And can I count on Scherzer being any good? You know, I've defended him. If we're going to be a good team, it's because this guy's going to perform as an ace or a co-ace with Verlander, who we still don't know what he's going to give us. I have a little bit of faith that Verlander will give us something good. But, Sal, come on. Listen, everybody wanted to go nuts on Phil Cousy with the whole water and rosin and the alcohol. From the moment I saw that and the moment I saw Scherzer, I said, he's not right, but he's definitely playing with words. Yeah, and I think I, I wanted to believe, I wanted to believe that he was innocent because I love him so much. But the deep down, I knew the reality that he shouldn't have been mixing alcohol with the rosin yeah. and, and the sweat. That made no sense, Lassad, but you know what worries me about it now? Because I'm not saying that he was... Obviously, listen, obviously all these pitchers were using something, whatever. Then the sticky stuff situation came about, whatever, now you can't use nothing. Okay, maybe he wasn't using nothing all this time, but obviously he's been struggling. So I did. I really believe, like, okay, he was trying to get an edge. But what I'm thinking now is, you know, I, I'm tired of hearing about the back stuff. He would tell me now, okay, my back is good, so we're going to next time. Listen, start showing me. Enough talking crap and start showing me. But what I'm afraid of is, does he now feel like he's done and he needs to use this stuff because he needs to, he needs to cheat because he doesn't right. have it anymore. Because if that's the case, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Because if he doesn't believe he's any good, then, I mean, baseball, Another concern, I, I think you bring up 
I think you bring up an excellent point. Another concern that I would have is that too many times, whether it's this year, whether it's last year, you know, he wouldn't admit to being injured last year, and let's just say that he was injured, so then we focus on this year. Too many times after a so-so or a bad start, he doesn't have an answer. That is a problem. Even tonight or last night, he didn't know why his velocity was down a tick or two. He says he wants to sit at 94. It was around 92. Well, if he doesn't know why, then maybe it's just it's not there anymore. And if it's not there anymore, he better figure it out. He also does get caught up with the pitch clock and trying to manipulate that. I wish he would just focus on, uh, focus on pitching and trying to get guys out here. It has not been a good start or an encouraging start to the season, to say the least, for Scherzer. No, that's exactly what he needs to do. Like you said, he needs to focus on just pitching and stop playing around. Stop trying to ask small people because you don't have it right now. Um, so just just go back to the drawing board, man. Just go back to the basics. Uh, but let me ask you two things, Scott, before you let me go. Uh, and one is because of a conversation you're having with, you know, a couple of people before I came on here. And there's a couple of guys, we're really one guy in particular, who says, you know what, just bring up all the kids. And I'm like, hold on, like, what are you trying to accomplish by that? Are you trying to throw the towel in? Because, like, you know, that's unrealistic. Um, so, like, what what do you think about that? Like, you know, you know I mean, who else is left to bring up? If he answers Mauricio, I mean, Beatty and Alvarez already here. So those are, those are only two guys that, that you can bring up here. No, it's, Mar- it's Mauricio and Vientos. And I'll tell you, Hector, and thank you for the call, as always, of course. We appreciate it. And the kind words. And, yes, I do consider you a friend. Now you could go to sleep and have a nice dream and uh, hopefully get some rest and, and watch a Mets win later on this afternoon with Verlander uh, on the mound. But it's either Vientos or Mauricio or both of those guys that would come up here. And the idea, I guess, would be to replace, let's say, Vogel back with Vientos and Mauricio with, you know, you replace Marcana with Mauricio and replace Vogel back with Vientos. That would be the... The spot, or you know, have uh, Mauricio play second base and have McNeil play an outfield spot. But those are the two. You know, nobody else is going anywhere. As bad as Marte looked, I mean, they're riding it out with him. Marte's got to be the guy. He's got to pick it up. Between Marte and Max, you know, it's a big problem for the Mets. Are they both done? Are they both on the downside? Can they both get back to what they did even a year ago? Probably still too early to tell for both, but definitely have to be on high alert and have concerns about it. Jim is calling from Stratford, Connecticut. What's up, Jim? Hey, what's up? Uh, hold on. I've been holding for a while. Uh, hey, how's it going? Good, Jim. How are you? Uh, yeah, we we yeah, appreciate yeah. you holding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, zoning out there for a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just give me a second here. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> The whole thing about um, the Yankees and the analytics and, you know, I have a few thoughts, a few thoughts here. Just and, and please don't hang up so quickly, okay? Because I heard, the first time I heard you, I was like, who is this guy? He's angry. He's yelling. And I was listening to Keith for a little while, and you and Keith are, are a nice um, – you balance each other out nicely, you know, with, with your uh, your approaches. And uh, – and, um, and then I called you once to talk to you, and now I've warmed up to you. I'm like, you seem like a different guy. I'm like, I really like this guy. He's he's, he's honest and he's passionate, and and 
So I really warmed up to you, Sal. So I, I, just well, to I get appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, first impressions are always not uh, the, the most, the truth, the most truth. Well, it's, but, it's funny you say that because you can't, and people be like, oh, I heard this guy, you know, for whatever, for a show where they hear a clip and they make a decision. I, I'm on mm. five days a week for roughly five hours. If you're not listening, and I don't expect everybody to listen all the time, but this right. is, I mean, the, 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 you have to listen to the majority before you make a decision. I'll tell that to the bosses, too, whether they listen to some clips. I don't know exactly what they're listening to. Like, you can't make a decision off of one show or one open sure. or one clip. It's a whole thing. I mean, it's been going on for two years. So, anyway, I appreciate right. you being open yeah. uh, to it. Um, so, I got a couple, a few things to say. So, just give me, give me a... a a little bit of time around. I'll try to keep my thoughts uh, concise. So, so the thing about that morning show, the, the, what it boils down to is the word "paid." Who said the word "paid," and how did that get interjected into the conversation? Because all you Geo, said was Geo you said make an, you would make an appearance for a charity event, but you weren't going to play flag football. An appearance is the, is the word you used, and somebody put a paid appearance into there, and that's the main uh, correct. The main, problem it's, so, and it's a significant the, difference it's a oh, significant it's a difference it, now yeah. did you hear them talking about it or no i did not but but I'm, okay so I'm not. if you did if you did you would hear geo emphasize that part of it and that's where to me it got that's, negative and start, steered mm-hmm. away from being in a joke where they made it like and geo was even like oh i'm surprised by this and then jerry got mad and was saying like oh screw them i don't even want to hang out with them we're supposed to hang out in uh, atlantic city in june i well, never said yeah. pay they only paid a paid. they played a clip back they didn't play the whole thing and i mm. never once said paid they did yeah that's a, said, that's a big deal when people put words in my mouth that that changed the whole character of what i said that's that's a big deal you know, it's not like you were just poking fun at you. That changes your whole, you know, and it's not like you're a super famous, like, and it's not going to affect your reputation. It very well could affect, uh, you know, your future or something like this, you know? Right. And, well, it's not going to, put it this way, it's... Is, pain in the neck for you. To Here's the thing. This. It's not going to, it's not going to affect my future. I'm not worried <laughs> right. about that. But okay. I do worry about, not worry, but I, I, I would care about the perception that people hearing that th- think thinking that I wouldn't do something for charity and that I need to go to get paid. Like that's a low life thing to right. do. I would never do that. And now you're going to hear we'll about that. it, or or you're not going to get calls because of it, or whatever. It could have consequences, right? Well, no, that I'm not worried about. It's just uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be fine in in that okay. regard. But I don't want I don't want people to think that right. I'm I'm not a nice guy. Right. Well, you you're clear in the air. So let's get to uh, so I got the Yankee thing. So I think with the Yankees and one thing is like I know Joey Gallo may not be the best example, but people uh, players get to the Yankees and they when they get there they either succeed or they fail or they they either um, you know with the attention and, and the whole aura of being a Yankee and the pressure and all that um, you know people like Judge like the spotlight and they can handle it and other people uh, can't handle it and they just they fold and they and they you know, they're, they're a shell of themselves. And then, and then they get traded like Joey Gallo. Now he's hitting like seven home runs and, you know, he couldn't succeed here, but he goes somewhere else and he's succeeding. So I think there's, there's an aura and this, and this ties into, um, there's intangibles and this ties into, um, to, to Boone and, uh, what's his face? Cashman and the whole vibe and the culture and, um, you know, the expectations, the human factor, right? In the clubhouse and how that all 
transfers into a successful team. Um, and like you were saying, uh, like when he was interviewed, um, he's like a politician and he won't admit his wrong decisions or, you know what I mean? So well, I didn't say that. A, a, a caller, a caller said a that caller. before. I didn't say right. that. Yeah, I, I'm not saying he's like a politician. I, I do think that he was trying to get out in front of things, knowing Jim that he's going to get mm -hmm. playing. They got to take a break, and I appreciate you taking the time to call, and I appreciate you taking the time to hold on. Hopefully, you're satisfied with the amount of time that you got there, which I thought was pretty sufficient. But Cashman basically knows what's coming. When the Yankees are struggling, when you look at their roster, there's like somebody's got to take the blame for it. Fans are irrational. Fans are illogical. Fans are emotional. That's what we do. So there are going to be calls or thoughts to, hey, how is this happening and who is to blame? Look at this lineup. And who would be the first guy you'd point at? I know a lot of times fans want Boone out, and I know Boone you know, has made some questionable decisions here in the last couple of nights, or this series at least, uh, against Cleveland. But ultimately, if they fired Boone tomorrow, the Yankees wouldn't, it's not going to change anything. It's the lineup that's the problem. It's the construction of this team that's the problem. And Cashman knows it. Now, he's banking on the guys that he brought in to come back, get healthy, stay healthy, and produce. And it might happen. Rodone, Stanton, obviously Judge, Josh Donaldson. All the guys that have been hurt for the Yankees. And now some of the guys aren't coming back. But all the guys that are hurt and can still come back. He's counting on them to come back, stay healthy, and produce. And if they do, he will again have the last laugh. Because we've been writing him off for a couple of years, but the Yankees always make the postseason. And their argument is, well, we're in the postseason every year. We went to the ALCS last year. Like, what more do you want? And our response is, how about a World Series win? That's what we want. Or a World Series appearance. When are you going to do that? They'll defend the sustained success. We'll complain about not achieving the ultimate goal. That's where there's the disconnect. That's why I say Cashman is a very good GM, a great GM, considering his history. However, it could both be true that he is a great GM and the Yankees need a new voice. It's time for a change. It's not working with this philosophy. And they even tried to shake it up a little bit in the front office, bringing in Sabian and Omar, have a little bit of a different you know, approach. We're less analytical eyes on things. Well, we'll see how it shakes out. Luckily, you know, the, the, the bad news is the Yankees are in last place. The good news is it's early May. But these are a, a, a very important next 14 days for this Yankees team taking on the Rays and Blue Jays in... Uh, you know, the, the majority of these games, they got seven with the Rays, three at the Trop this weekend, and then they return home for three against the A's and then four against the Rays before going to Toronto for four games. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan. We'll be back tomorrow night. Actually, later on tonight, 7 p.m. Look forward to it. Haven't had many of those since I've been filling in for Keith here. So we have a 7 to midnight show, full five hours. And we're not going against any games, which is all right. We're not going against the Mets because they play the afternoon. Right next week would be the one uh, that I'd be going against the Mets. So we are not going against any games. Knicks, obviously off. Rangers are out. So not going against any local games, I should say. Yankees are off. It'll be a nice uh, nice day to catch up on everything New York sports and react, of course, to Verlander's debut. That'll be the one game that we do get to react to that's tomorrow, but it's tomorrow afternoon anyway. So we'll be here 7 to midnight, and then we'll finish out the week on Friday after uh, the Yankees and Rays game on Friday night. And that'll be, of course, in anticipation of Game 3, Saturday afternoon, 3.30 in Miami. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Yo, Sal, what's going on? How are yeah, you, Chris? Good to hear from you. I know. Long time. Got to get back in overnight, Sal. These, the schedule sucks. No, uh, I know you. you're liking it. I know. Yeah. Uh, I was always, I was talking about these Knicks. I can't talk about these two crappy baseball teams. But I, I, I know, really quickly on this, I knew Gio is the one probably brought up. The, he likes to say words that's going to set off something for content. It kind of reminds me of when you went to the Islander game the second time, how they made it look like you overwhelmed right. over his head when you just they reached out to you to bring your young nephew to have an experience. And like this guy right. say, I know you're, yeah, that, exactly the same situation. Like just like saying the word paid. Try set uh, Jerry and Boomer off like, you know, and that's all you need to hear. Boomer's not paying attention to this stuff, and Geo knows what he's doing is misleading. Hundred percent. Boomer doesn't. Boomer's an innocent. Hey, Boomer's an innocent bystander. Now he'll play it up a little bit, but he isn't. He's not listening to the whole thing. I'm yeah. surprised at Jerry because usually Jerry would have my back. They played that clip out of context. I never said paid once, and they exactly. made it like I was asking to be paid. And you're exactly right. This is similar to the Islander thing, which is not as bad of a look, but it's also not true. They lied. I didn't reach out to the Islanders and go over Gio's head. They asked me to go. That's exactly. a big difference. So how and am I a leech? How am I leeching off of Gio's contact if they if they came to me and asked me to go? Yeah, and Jerry should know better. You guys have been boys for a long time. He should know better that you're not going to ask. Who's going to ask get paid to go to a charity event? You know, make you look like you're bigger than life. I, I'll go if I get paid. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. I, mean, I don't get paid for anything. Right. And like you said, you're good. And like the other guy said, but it doesn't matter. Your business is always more opportunities. You don't know who's listening. There's a lot of people listening to that morning show. It's be executive things like that, and I'm sure they know who Salakata is. They can say, oh, this guy's not he's a jerk. What guy wants to get paid to go to charity events? Like, I don't know what right. that is. But, look, Sal, I'm getting nervous with the Knicks. I don't know. They they play in playing too sloppy. They, they That should have been a blowout. It should never have been that close. I was at the point where I thought they were going to lose this game. 
You have no Jimmy Butler out there. They have, you know, barely anybody out there on the court. What are you doing right now? And RJ's out. Like I said, we were rough on him in the first two games in Cleveland. He's been playing like I hoped he would. The people I don't want to see out there, Sal, I don't want to see Obi, and I don't want to see quickly just going out there and chucking threes. They're just, well, just quickly. Throwing- they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get quickly. And thank you for the call, Chris. I got. I want to try to get at least one more in here before we say goodbye. They're gonna have to get something from quickly. I, Obi, I'm with you. Enough of Obi Tom, especially now that Randall is back. Obi's got to stop shooting. Philip is in Queens. What's up, Phil? Hello. Thank you uh, for taking my call. It's always great to speak to you. Very passionate. What you talk about? I want to talk thank about you. the Yankees. Um, first, first of all, I know they're in last place, but this, like you said, this is a key week. Because they're playing seven games against the Rays, and um, I want to get to a point with the pitcher though. But my point is, the, I don't think the Rays could play as good as they are. I mean, they're playing way over their heads. And like everyone else, I don't know how they do it. You always go into the season thinking the Rays are not going to do well, and they always manage to do really well. Unbelievable. So they yeah, I want to make a point with the pitching staff. Um, and no one brought this up. I'm worried about Nestor Cortez. I mean, Cole's been great. He's been the ace of the staff. But then, uh, he started that, uh, 52 round against the Rangers. And the, and the, uh, game before, I think it was against the Twins, and he wasn't that sharp against the Twins. And my question is. Well, they're saying, Nestor- they're saying, they're saying Cortez was sick, though. As a matter of fact, he's being pushed back. Uh, he's not going to start against the Rays. And thank you for the call, Philip. Cortez is pushed back after dealing with strep throat. So maybe that was part of the issue where he felt, you know, Boone said that it probably played a role in his Texas outing, which was not very good. You know, un- uncharacteristic of Nesta Cortez giving up that amount, I mean, seven runs in four and two-third innings. That has not happened with Cortez. So he was scheduled to pitch Saturday at Tampa. Instead, he's going to be back at home on Monday against the A's. So... I wouldn't worry about Cortez, though. He's been he's done enough, long enough, to where you should be able to trust him as a key part of that rotation. We talk about the Mets rotation being back intact with Verlander, with Scherzer. Well, the Yankees, once they get Severino, who's on his way back, once they figure out what the hell's going on with Rodon, you're going to have Cole. I mean, look, I said they're going to have it. The, the idea is to have those guys, but it does change the entire look of the team. Certainly the rotation, Cole, Rodone, Cortez, Severino. Especially with Cole being as dominant as he's been to start this year. But anyway, I wouldn't worry about Cortez. I think you could trust him to be a solid, if not better than solid, number three. It's unfortunate, though, he's not going to go against the Rays. Yankees will have Cole in that series, though, against Tampa. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to Connor Green. Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. I appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again later on tonight, 7 p.m. to midnight. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Brian Rascona will take you through the overnight. He's coming up next. Enjoy your Thursday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.